Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. open up your Bibles this morning to uh, Genesis 26. We'll be reading there in a moment from uh, verses uh, 1 through 22. So it's uh, kind of a a lengthy reading, but amen. I expect God to help us this morning. And so uh, the name of this sermon is uh, Making Room for God. And so a couple of years ago, the Associated Press released a study done by an agricultural school in Iowa. I wonder if it's the school that uh, is by uh, our brother Jesus, but I don't know. And so it was reported that production of 100 bushels of corn from one acre of land, in addition to uh, so many hours of a farmer's labor, required uh, 4,000 pounds of water, 6,800 pounds of oxygen, 5,200 pounds of carbon, 160 pounds of nitrogen, 120 pounds of potassium, 70 pounds of yellow uh, sulfur, and other elements too numerous to list. In addition to these things, which no man can produce, rain and sunshine at the right time are uh, critical. And so it was estimated that only 5% of the produce of a farm can be attributed to the effort of man. Think about that. And if we're honest this morning, we'd have to admit that the same is true in producing spiritual fruit. Amen. We need to give the honor and praise unto God. And so we need God's help to be able to produce lasting fruit or even spiritual fruit in our own lives. Let's read Genesis, Genesis 26, 1 through 22. And now there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to uh, uh, Gerar, to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I will tell you. Sojourn in the land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you, for that you and your offsprings will give all these lands. And I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offsprings, as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your offspring all these lands, and in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments and my statutes, uh, and my laws. So Isaac settled in uh, Gerar. When the men of the place asked him about his wife, he, uh, he said, she is my sister. For he feared to say, my wife, thinking lest the men of the place should kill me because of uh, Rebecca, because she was an attractive in appearance. Amen. And so when he had been there a long time, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out the window and saw Isaac laughing with uh, his wife. 
And so Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, she is your wife. How then could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I thought lest I die because of her. Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? Uh, one of the people might easily have laid with her, with your wife, and you would have brought uh, guilt upon us. So Abimelech warned all the people, saying, Whomever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And Isaac sowed in the land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich, and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. And uh, 14 says, uh, He had uh, possessions of flocks and herd and many servants, so the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants uh, had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the uh, valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the well of water that he had dug in the day wells of water that had been dug in the days of uh, Abraham his father, which the Philistine had stopped up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servant dug in the valley and found there was a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek, because uh, they contended with him. Then they dug another well and called over that also, and uh, he called its name Sitha. And he moved on from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name uh, Raboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Let's pray this morning. God, we pray, we ask you to move by your power and your spirit, Lord God. For we can do nothing, Lord God, aside from you, Lord God. We thank you. We ask you to minister to our hearts this morning. We ask you, Lord God, to show us this morning that, that it is you, Lord God, the giver, Lord God, of abundance. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to take a look firstly as Isaac sowed in the land. And so Isaac wanted, I mean, God wanted Isaac to be blessed, but there was a famine in the land that he was in. And so a famine is a dry place. It is a barren place. And so when you look around, everything is dying. And so there's a lack of substance. And so the main substance, amen, that there's a lack of is water. And so in early times, especially in the land, the land depended on their own productions. And so famines were not infrequent. They generally were caused by uh, local uh, irregularities of rainfall, by destructive hailstorms, by ravages insects, and by enemies. In a city, famine might be caused by a siege, pestilence often... Uh, followed in the wake, and suffering was great. And so there's nothing, amen, that grows in a famine. A siege was another type of famine. And so when an army's encamped around a city, 
and the enemy's army does not allow flow food or help to reach the people who are inside. The aim is to make the people in the city very weak before the soldiers attack. And so many times in a siege, there would be disease and starvation. Think about this. This is going on in Isaac's life. We can be in a spiritual famine and settle in that place. Nothing is going in and nothing is coming out. And so not much of anything is happening. And so sometimes it is hard for us to hear God we're in a, when we're in a dry area in our life. If we bunker down in a famine, then we might not make it out alive. A lot of people died in famines. When you, when you are in a famine, what do you do? So everything around Isaac is dead, but he is able to tune into God's ear. I mean, he's able to tune his ear toward God in a time of such great calamity. And so it is essential to be able to hear God's voice. We may know scripture, but it is different when God speaks to us and prompts us by his spirit. And so Isaac hears the voice of God, and so he's giving guidance to a place where he can become fruitful. And that place, amen, was not only the place where he was going to become fruitful, but where his father before him had also become fruitful. Amen. I want to take a look at the enemy which try to stop up your will. Whenever we hear from God... And we know what is obstructing our fruitfulness. We must immediately start sowing. Matthew 13, 23 says, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And so Isaac gets to a place where God wants him to be. He sows immediately in the land, and so he's able to reap, the scripture says, in one year, 100-fold. Think about this. He gets there. He hears, he, he hears from God. He gets there. And so immediately he starts sowing. And within one year, this man reaps a 100-fold. How many of us know that God wants us to reap, amen, in our spiritual lives? in our ministries, amen, in our home life, with our wives and our husbands. God wants us, amen, to be fruitful. And so when the enemy saw God had blessed Isaac, the scripture says that he envied him. And so the devil not, does not want to bring spiritual success to your life. When we have God's blessing, everything in our life flows from it. We are a threat to the enemy, and on top of that, we are a threat to hell. When we are full of God's Spirit, amen, when we are full of God, and He's doing something in our life, we're, we're able to move forward. We're not stuck, amen, in a place that we should not be. Genesis 26, 
15 through 16 says, And now the Philistines had stopped up and filled the earth, filled with earth all the wells that his father's uh, servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And Abimelech and said to Isaac, Go away, for you are much mightier than we. And so the Philistine had seen the blessing of God that God had brought to Abraham, Isaac's father. So they stopped up the wells that Abraham had dug after he died. And so they saw this man, Isaac, digging. And they said to themselves, they saw the same blessing on his son that had been bestowed upon his father. And so they were afraid. The enemy said, go away from us, for you are mightier than we. And so Isaac had made some spiritual deposits in his life, and God started giving him dominion. And so it is the same dominion that's available to you and I today. Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise and uh, tread your heel underfoot. And you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. I think I said that wrong. Amen. This is a, a perfect picture of the struggle. Matthew Henry, Henry says this. God passes sentence and he begins where sin begun with the serpent. The devil's instrument must share in the devil's punishment. Under the cover of the serpent, the devil is sentenced to be dragged and accursed of God detested and abhorred of all mankind, also to be destroyed and ruined at last by the great Redeemer, that's Jesus Christ, um, signified by the breaking of his head. War is proclaimed between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. It is the fruit of this enmity that there is a continual warfare between grace and corruption in the hearts of God's people. And so God has given us the right to have dominion over the enemy. But let me say this morning, but the enemy comes back time after time to try to hinder our walk with God. And so the enemy lays low. He tries to, to strike at us from a position that we will not likely see him. Human and other apes and bears are the among few of the animals that first step with their heel when walking. And so they roll onto the ball of the foot and then onto the toes. When the enemy strikes, he will aim for that vulnerable area that will incapacitate your walk with God. Think about this. What he's trying to do, he's trying to strike at an area. Amen. That he'll take you out. Um, I saw this uh, young lady on um, on one of those walking wheelchair things. I don't know. So she had a cast around her leg. And how many of us know that she was incapacitated? She needed that thing to walk around. She needed that thing to get around in. And so what the enemy will try to do, he will try to eliminate our walk with God. And so the enemy will always try to take your dominion. Yeah, but the question this morning is, will you let him? 
And so we must always keep the enemy underfoot by crushing his head. Ephesians 6.15 says, And having shood your feet in the preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and readiness produced with the good news of the gospel of peace. Amen. So the gospel of peace itself is to be, amen, the firm footing of a believer. His walk being worthy of it and therefore a testimony in regard to it. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to take a look at digging deep. Isaac got to a place in his life where he was able to see the blessing of his father and experience some of it himself. But he had to make a decision when the enemy opposed him if he would continue in the success of his father. And so the enemy had filled Abraham's well with rocks, earth, trash, Maybe there was dead bones in there. Remember when uh, Joseph got thrown into the well? They would throw trash in these abandoned wells. They would throw all sorts of things inside these wells. And so no doubt this well was filled with a lot of dead things. And so our spiritual fathers might have had success. So, But what they fought for is not guaranteed. For you and I. I was thinking about Pastor Greg Mitchell. And so Pastor Wayman Mitchell. His father gave him the reins of the fellowship. But Pastor Greg Mitchell had to dig for himself. It was not automatic for him. He had to have his own relationship with God. He had to be able to hear from God. Amen. And now we see him today being successful in the ministry that his father handed down to him. Genesis 26, 18 through 22 says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them names that his father had given them. Amen. Those are reference points for us. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well uh, Esek, because they uh, contended with him. And so it goes on to say, Then they dug another well and quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sithath. And the, so they moved on from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Raboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And so Isaac dug his father's wells up. And so he tapped into his own blessing. Amen. And God met with him. But when he tapped into his and to God's blessing, the enemy also met him with him. It says the scripture says that uh, this place, Essek, meant strife and hostility. 
This other place, sitna, means hatred or more accurately, accusation. That's what these, these names mean. And so as Isaac is digging, he's met with this resistance. This resistance that the devil didn't want him, amen, to tap into this flow, amen, that his, his father had tapped into. And so whenever we are trying to do something for God or make a way for him, the enemy will try to stop us up or stop us, amen. And so the situation is not always bleak when a household water well fails to produce. The water it did when it uh, first was installed. Instead of uh, the expensive abandoning of the well, and instead of, amen, installing a new one, one can often rehabilitate it. The well and the resource flow that provide enough water, amen, to provide for a family. So upon what is the basis decision to rehabilitate a well? Several factors are involved, including the ground formation that the well is drilled in, the construction of the well, and the problem that has caused uh, the decreased flow. Sometimes the water table, amen, in the area has dropped, and simply digging the well deeper is the answer. And so the well Abraham had dug were good. They were good. Well-built wells, amen, he put thought and care into these wells that they may last. See, but the problem was that the enemy had stopped the flow of them. And so Isaac had to make a decision if he was going to uh, retap into, amen, the wells that his dad had dug and, and uh, enter into that flow. And so there is always a flow and blessing in our lives if we will dig deeper. We must break through, amen, those hard areas that seem impossible to break through. And that's what happens when we dig deeper. How many of us know when we dig deeper, we pray deeper? We fast more, amen. We look for God in His Word. We, amen, put that desire upon our hearts. God wants us to go deeper, amen, for his blessings. And so when we are faced with strife and hostility, we must not give up, for the Lord can make room for us, and so that we can be fruitful. The Holy Spirit is a spring of living waters in us, and when he abides in us, and we in him, we shall be fruitful. And the Lord will make room for us. The Lord makes room for you to be fruitful. Amen. With the fruit of the Spirit. The question that remains is that if we will make room for the Lord. Amen. Can I have every head bow and every eye closed this morning? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.